is a lifestyle. Sports cards and we live now. Jeremy Lee in the building and every guest that you ever needed. Sports cards after hours keep the hobby heated. Updates, hobby talk like you never seen it. Sports cards live and I could ever beat it. Sports cards is a lifestyle. Sports cards and we live now. Welcome to another episode of Sports Cards Live with your host, Jeremy Lee. All right, welcome everyone to the LCG Premier Pop Culture Summer Auction Kickoff on Sports Cards Live. It's Saturday, June the it is Friday, June the 30th, 2023. My name is Jeremy Lee, and as always, I would like to thank all of our subscribers, viewers, and podcast listeners. If you are not yet subscribed to the YouTube channel or following on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, please take a moment and do so. But let's get on with the matter at hand. Let's bring out our guest for the night. Here he comes, Mark Montero, founder of LCG Auctions. How are you doing tonight? It's kickoff night. How are you feeling? Excited. Excited. It's it's a lot of action so far and uh, and just thrilled how things have, have started with this thing. Well, so we've got we've got a, a fun show planned for tonight. We're gonna we're gonna go through the 18 platinum lots. We're gonna spend about a minute on each one. 18 out of, I think there's a there's like 165 lots in your premier summer premiere this year here in 2023. Mark, last time we did this was in February. It's like been four months since we did an LCG uh, auction coverage. This is a kickoff preview. So much fun for me because as you probably know, I spend 95% of my content time talking about sports cards, but I also have a love for action figures and pop culture, Nintendo, uh, Atari 2600, Star Wars figures. I mean, I, I love this stuff and I have a bunch of it. So this is a, this is, this is Mark, this is like a treat for me. And uh, I'm just, I'm just excited to go through it with you. We also have a guest, Paul Ferentz is a big uh, GI Joe collector, somewhat of an expert. So we're going to bring Paul on uh, after we look at the 18 platinum lots. And uh, I also want to mention to everybody, check out on the ticker below right now, and you can see that if you go to lcgauctions.com, you go, you can register to bid on the website. And of course, uh, this auction doesn't end until wh- when does it end? On on the it ends it ends July sixteenth, uh, Sunday, July sixteenth. So Sunday, July sixteenth is when the auction ends. Tonight is kickoff, and. On Sunday, July 16th, we are going to do a live auction ending coverage show. So this is like a two-part thing. We're going to do the kickoff when, when the auction goes live, and we're going to do a, an auction ending watch party on July the 16th on the Sunday. Uh, that'll be at, I believe, 5 o'clock Eastern that we're going to go live to cover that. And that's when the that's when the bids are coming in, and we'll see the items, and, and that, that'll be a ton of fun. So... Um, so take a minute, everybody. If you're not yet, go to lcgauctions.com, register to bid, and then you'll be able to choose how you found out about it. It'll be like Sports Cards Live, Jeremy Lee. Click that so that Mark knows that I'm helping him, you know, build the business, spread the excitement for the pop culture. Uh, you know, I don't know if you were just on IG Live with us, but like I got the original Luke Skywalker. This is an original Chewy. And then Mark was questioning whether or not my Princess Leia was original, but... I think it is. Like, look at this cloth dress she's wearing here, Mark. No? Uh, don't ask me. We have some <laughs> okay. other people that, that, <laughs> that know more than I. And you've got, so you're the founder of LCG Auctions, but you have, you've got experts that work with you. And uh, we had 
We had one of them on last time in February. What was his what was his name again? I'm Dennis sorry. Hall. Dennis Hall. Dennis Hall, who's a Star Wars figure, and he's also Masters of the Universe and Turtles. This guy knew his stuff. We had him on last time. It was a lot of fun. So, And I just think it's important that you're surrounding yourself with experts uh, in this area, but you're obviously an expert in some categories yourself. Very quickly, Justin Sports Cards says, Good stuff. I still have original G.I. Joe's, Transformers, and some graded, and 5K high-end Transformers statues from Prime 1. Now, I don't understand what that all means, but it sounds impressive. And I guess, Justin, if you're ever looking to sell anything, um, LCG is probably the platform for you. Tip of the mitt, what's going on? Good to see you, Jim. Thank you for for joining us uh, tonight. So, Mark, anything else you'd like to let the audience know before we start diving into these platinum lots? Well, let's talk bidding strategy. Jeremy. What is your bidding strategy in an auction such as this? Well, when it's an auction such as this where you need to qualify for extended bidding, right? So extended bidding is going to start next Sunday. And if you haven't bid on an item by the cutoff time, you are no you are precluded from being able to bid anymore. So the strategy there is go in early, like right now if you can, pick all the items that you might think you want to buy put in bids that allows you to qualify for extended bidding. And then on Sunday, when extended bidding comes like monitor it throughout the two weeks, but on Sunday, when extended bidding comes along, now you'll see, okay, listen, I might've bid $50, but now it's at 500. You may decide I'm still interested or it's, you know, it's past my budget. So I'm going to dip out, but at least you gave yourself the opportunity to. So my strategy would be, and there's not a lot, there's only 165 items. It's not like there's 20,000 listings. Go through the 165 items, pick the ones you might want, throw in an opening bid. Now you're qualified for Sunday. And join us back here on Sunday, the 16th, and we'll talk about these items more. In depth. And we'll also be encouraging people to ask questions of, of myself, you, Mark. We might bring a guest on again with us. We'll see. So uh, let's talk about these things and help people make some decisions. Does that uh, make sense? That sounds good. It's always it's it's always easy to tell the experienced bidders versus the inexperienced bidders. I see guys that get in early, they lay out their bids for everything they they're somewhat interested in, and then they come back during extended bidding and 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 see if they want to go for it again. I personally learned the hard way, um, making the mistake of being in extended bidding, seeing a steal. And I did not have that initial bid in, so I could not get the item. So I learned the hard way. Um, the strategy that you described, in my opinion, is optimal. Um, and everybody has their own strategy. But I think, generally speaking, what you laid out is is, is great for an, an auction such as this. Yeah, it's really the only way to do it. Because if you wait, and if you wait until we go live here on Sunday the 16th, and, you know, we'll, we'll go live before extended bidding starts, I believe maybe 15, 30 minutes before, but if you're like not registered yet and, and you know, you got to go through the process, you could miss out on some opportunities and maybe, maybe some steals. Mark, let's, let's, uh, let's move along here. So I want to just ask you this, like how, how hard have you and your team had to work for the last few months to put these items together and to really identify what are 18 of these platinum slash featured lots? How tough is that? I think there's a reason why there's not many auctions of this kind. And it's because 
the material is extremely difficult to source. There's a very, very limited supply. It's not like sports cards where, you know, a Nolan Ryan rookie, there's hundreds or thousands of graded copies. Um, the items that you see on the screen, I believe, are all single digits. Um, and that's all grades, <laughs> believe it or not. So, I mean, this stuff is extremely difficult to source. And because of that, um, we've been able to, to create a niche uh, in the marketplace and create an auction that it's, it's something a lot of collectors look forward to. I get so many, um, so many texts and messages, um, what's going to be in the auction, when's the next one, all of that. And that was the whole idea in, in creating this thing is to create a, a high-end marketplace that people look forward to, um, to, to see all the good stuff all at once. And that's what we have here. Um, and wait till we get to the platinum items. It's some, some exciting stuff. Well, let, let's do that. My next question is going to be, what are you most excited about? But I'm going to, I'm going to go out on a limb and guess that it's, it's one or more of the platinum items. So let's just get into them right now uh, because I want to make sure we bring, we have time to bring Paul on, which we're going to do in a little bit, but here we go. I'm going to, I'm going to do it this way. I'm just going to click into the first one so that it's ready to go. And I'm going to share my screen and here you go, Mark. So here's the, here's lot number one, 84 Transformers Megatron, AFA 85, 85, 85. Starting bid was 2,500 uh, four hours ago. It's already at 5,360. Uh, your thoughts on this item, Mark? In my opinion, um, it's the most highly anticipated item that we've ever had. Wow. <laughs> Believe it or not, um, a lot of hyperbole there, but it's one that we've been trying to get for three years now. Um, I knew the source <laughs> two years ago and have been trying to get him to, to get it on here. Finally, he caved and we have it. It, it, it was initially uh, what's called raw and we had to get it graded. It came back in 85, 85, 85. So Jeremy, that's equivalent to a BGS 10, in my opinion, equivalent to a BGS 10. So it's almost a pristine item, not quite a black label. A black label would be a, an AFA 90 or 95. No 95s exist. I believe one or two 90s exist. And I'll, I'll let you in on a little something. A 90 sold privately years ago for over $60,000. So here we have an 85, 85, 85. It's the best example um, to hit the, mar the public marketplace in years. And it's gonna be really interesting to see how this does. Um, I know a lot of collectors don't want me kind of talking about it and they want me to keep it under wraps <laughs> and I get it, but this is an exciting piece. And the record, I believe, for a 1980s a uh, vintage toy is about $37,000. We have this estimated between 20 and 40,000. So if it hits that 40,000 mark, we are looking public sales now. Uh, the $60,000 Megatron was, was a private transaction. Public sales, if it hits the 40, it's gonna be the highest 1980s toy ever sold. That's that's so exciting, man. I, I can't wait. I can't wait for the 16th now to see what this ends up. I want to just bring up a comment from the chat. Going back to the strategy of 
you know, just bidding the minimum to get in on. Like even right now, if you want to buy, if you want to have a shot at, at this Megatron on on Sunday the 16th, you know, and you were to come in and bid the next bid, which would be I don't know 50 whatever 5380, let's say, you're still you're still not going to be forced to buy it for 5380. Although you'd like to be, you will then have the option later. But here's a comment here from uh, this is Matt Chang over on Facebook says, or go big and scare everyone off. Just get in a big bid. Hey, that's a, that's a strategy too. I mean, some people don't want to risk that they'll be able to bid on Sunday and extended bidding. So get in a big a big bid right now. Vintage Card Collector says, why not allow everyone to bid an extended time regardless of initial bids like other auction houses have switched to? I don't. I only know one or two that have. I know PWCC, maybe Golden have switched to that, but I don't think the traditional auction houses have. Mark, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, I, I think it's it's important to have interest throughout the bidding period. Um, our, our rules have worked well for us. Uh, and this is something that PWCC and Golden have switched to very, very recently. So, I mean, they're kind of testing the waters with this. For us, um, this kind of thing has worked. Okay. Let's go on to the next uh, platinum item. We have a, a this, these, these, okay, so this is crazy, Mark. And listen, the reason this is crazy, let me say. So it's an original 07 iPhone. This is the four gigabyte model. Last time we did the, we did the show together uh, in February, Mark, you guys had what I thought was a similar thing, but that was an eight gig. This is the first time ever a sealed four gig original iPhone is hitting the auction block. Is that true? That's my understanding. There's been a, um, last time when we were together, we broke the all-time record for any iPhone, $63,000. That was for the 8 gig. Um, since we sold that one, several other auction houses have offered 8 gig. Um, they've been in varying condition. There hasn't been a, a story attached to them. Um, and we've seen various prices. But none of them have been a 4 gig. We have not seen a 4 gig hit the market. The 4 and the 8 were released together on June 29th, 2007. Um, they're, they're both first release, first generation models. So this is the first, um, first four gig to hit the auction block and we'll see what happens. There's no reserve. Um, it's at 11,000 right now. We'll see, we have an estimate. The last one went for 63, that was an eight gig. There's been a few of them. This is the four gig. I, there's, I know there has been a lot of collectors on the sidelines that have been waiting for something that differentiates, um, you know, whatever they bid on, whether it's pristine grade, whether it's pristine provenance, or whether there's something different about the model itself. This is a case where it's pristine provenance. It comes from somebody within Apple, consigned it directly to us, and it's a four gig very different than what we have sold in the past. And it's going to be very interesting to see how this turns out. There's already been some, some mainstream articles about it um, that have surfaced. So we'll see. All right. Well, continuing along with the theme of iPhone. So not only do you have the four gig, you also have an eight gig as well. And then you also have a 16 gig. So you've got the whole run. And then you also have... Lot five is the first release of the European model. So, I mean, this one starting bid 2,500, no bids yet. And again, we're only a couple hours into bidding. The 16 gig has an opening bid. Someone's locked it in. 
and the eight gig, we've got uh, an opening bid as well. So uh, any comments on the rest of these iPhones, Mark? All right, so the lot number three, the one that we're looking at now, it's very important um, when you look at this one that there are 12 icons on the screen. That denotes that it's a first release. There's an identical eight gig that has 13 icons. That is not a first release. 12 icons is the first release, which is what this had. The um, model that sold we sold for 39,000 and the and the, the lot that we sold for 63,000, both were identical to this. 12 icons on the screen, not 13. This one comes from the director of the, the Macworld uh, debut of the iPhone. He received it as a gift for his work in that production. This comes directly from him. It's got his letter of provenance. Pretty exciting piece. Okay, any comments on the 16 gig? The 16 gig, we, we had an auction since we last saw you, Jeremy. We had a, a, a monthly auction, an April auction. We sold one of these. It went for, I believe, twenty-two dollars or $24,000. The 16 gig, it's still a first generation. It was released in January of 2008. So it's the first time they bumped up from the 8 gig to the 16. One thing that's important about the 4, they discontinued the 4 two months in. That's why there is so few of them. Two months in, they discontinued the model. They only had the 8, later the 16. So the 8 continued throughout. That's why we're going to see more 8s. Okay. And then finally, the uh, the European model. Anything special uh, that you'd like to point out here? The European model, the box is slightly bigger. Um, it, it's on the back. It has an O2 uh, logo, which is different than the AT&T logo. That's the network that they used. Um, this was released in November of 2007. There hasn't been many to hit the market, but for those that are going for the full run, each first release model, the European model is very important to, to get. Right on. Well, Chef Young Walter, welcome. The corners are looking sharp. Richard Goring, welcome to the show. All right, let's keep on going. Lot number six, a six of 18. We have the 1982 G.I. Joe Snake Eyes. Mark, this is a nine back AFA 85. Uh, what's so special about this piece? Uh, this is an iconic piece. Uh, a first release Snake Eyes, which is the most popular uh, figure in the G.I. Joe line. Uh, the Cobra Commander that I referenced earlier sold for $37,000. That was an AFA 95. Um, the 85 first release is highly sought after for Snake Eyes. Snake Eyes is the most popular character. This is his first release from 1982. Only nine uh, characters on the back. Uh, this is, I mean, this is an iconic piece in the G.I. Joe line. You don't see many of them in an 85 grade. Um, it's, we'll see what happens. An, a, an 11 back, which is the second release, Jeremy, was sold by uh, Heritage Auctions about two years ago, I believe, for $24,000. So it's going to be interesting to see where the market is at. This one should be more valuable than that. It's a nine back. A nine back is certainly more valuable than an 11 back, but markets change. We'll see where this is at. Uh, it's an exciting piece. 
I just want to bring up uh, Vintage says the iPhone stream spec, the iPhone seems speculative. How many people actually want these? Well, I can tell you that uh, I personally have a collection of iPhones and I'm, and I'm, I'm a, I'm a very uh, laissez faire iPhone collector, but I do actually collect iPhones. I think, I think it's cool. And they're, they changed the world. iPhones actually changed the world. So I think, I think a lot of people actually want these marks. Do you have a feel for how big the market is? I mean, I think pop culture, significant collect collectibles, collectibles that are significant to pop culture are becoming extremely desirable. Um, you know, I'm a sports guy and I follow game worn jerseys. And what are people, what are the most valuable ones going for? Uh, or what are the most valuable ones? They're the ones that are connected to pop culture in some way, iconic images, uh, video, things like that. Uh, it's, it's if you have one of these, you have a talking piece to not just hardcore collectors, but to anybody that comes into your house, if you have this on display, they're going to ask you about it. Uh, it's an interesting piece and, and, you know, they, they've done very well thus far. Yeah. And I wonder why, why the, the comment is they seem speculative. Why, why do they seem speculative? I would just curious because so one thing one thing to note jeremy these these items were not you know a thousand dollars a year ago it didn't become one thousand and then forty thousand these have kind of slowly risen uh you know when i started paying attention to them a couple years ago they were already ten thousand dollars so uh the come up has not been you know astronomical and it's kind of been incremental um we've seen a dip because there has been a few eight gigs that have come to market. So when that happens, you know, a, a dip is likely to occur. Um, but we'll see, we'll see where we're at. The four gig model, the eight gig model with the provenance it has from the Mac world keynote, <laughs> Steve Jobs, I, uh, I, I, I phone speech. Super cool. Yeah, no, I mean, this is, it, it, it's, it's, it's like collecting the first computers. There's big value in the early computers. There's big value in early cars, anything tech, anything technology, the groundbreaking item uh, is collectible. Um, I think, so it, I understand the comment. It seems speculative. I wonder why vintage card collector thinks it. Why do you think it seems speculative? I would ask vintage card. I, I can tell you that. the Okay, the let's people... keep on going. So we Jeremy, have let me, the. Let me... Can you hear me? I hear you. Yeah, please go ahead. Let me chime in real quick. The the people that have purchased these um, are collectors, and I don't think these are going anywhere anytime soon. Uh, the ones that I have experienced selling. So I'll say that. Okay. Good. Okay. So we had we did the snake guys. The seventh item. The seventh. Platinum item is this 84 G.I. Joe Killer Whale, none graded higher. What is the grade on this? Let me open, let me take a look at this and see what the grade is. We'll run to the grade. Oh, it doesn't show me. Maybe I just missed it there. Ah, here we go. This should take us to the grade. There we go. 85 near mint plus. So what, uh, what do you want to tell, what do you want to tell us about this? And I'm just thinking we do have Paul in the background. Should we bring out Paul to talk about this item? <laughs> we can bring Paul in. He knows more about it than I do. All right. So let's bring him in. All right. 
Paul Ferentz, welcome to the show, the LCG Summer Premiere uh, Kickoff Party Show. Tell us, Paul, before we get into a bit more about you, tell us what's important about this G.I. Joe piece. Uh, this G.I. Joe piece is probably, uh, I have not seen one rated higher um, or even close to that. I think I've seen an 80 or a 75 out there. Um, it's a red label, so it's uh, it's sealed on both sides. Um, it's not a blue label. Most of the vehicles you see that are that large are, are blue labeled, meaning they've been opened and inspected by AFA, and then they give them the blue label. So, no, this is a red label, 85. Um you probably won't see another one. So, do you own one yourself? I do not own an AFA graded whale. They're that that hard to find. <laughs> are you gonna? Are you? Is this something you're interested in picking up? Maybe this auction or are you? Are oh you, yeah, uh... there's there there are a ton of uh, vintage high grade vehicles in this uh, auction. Probably the best run of vehicles in an LCG auction so far. Um, oh, going right through on. the list of all the vehicles, the uh, the water moccasin eighty. Uh, there's a let's just stick to this one for a sec Paul sure, because sure. I, yeah. I want I want to let's go back now let's go back to lot six uh the sure. snake eyes we heard from Mark but what were your thoughts on this piece like the condition the importance the scarcity and your personal desire to to purchase it or do you have one yeah I mean uh, definitely I mean everyone wants the first release snake eyes and it's an 85 um the o-ring looks tight on it um it, it would be comparable to probably like a, a Mickey Mantle graded card. You know, wow. it's, it's that for a GI Joe collector, you know, you've got football. I'm also a sport card collector too, a little bit. So, you know, I, I could compare to that for a GI Joe collector. Right on. Okay. And, well, and it's let's... gone for a lot in the past. Other, other, other versions of that have gone uh, with heritage and like, like uh, Mark said. Okay. Very cool. Well, let's keep on going, Paul. We'll keep you on with us now and uh, sure. bring you bring you in when there's something. Uh, uh, well, here we go. Here's another because you're you're a GI Joe guy, Mark. G the Cobra Viper Glider AFA seventy five. What do you uh, what do you want to say about this one? I mean, for me personally, I personally like this one more <laughs> more than the whale. I don't know if everybody agrees, but this is a, a, a Cobra um, glider, which is you know the villain the 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 pilot inside of here typically goes for hundreds of dollars loose um not in the box it's one of the most desirable loose figures uh generally speaking i believe um a sealed viper glider i think paul there's less than than five total yeah created there there aren't that many um there are some blue labeled open ones i have an open sealed one that's not graded but I have not seen too many red labeled uh, Viper gliders out there. There has to be five or less. Five or less total, Jeremy. That's unbelievable. I mean, and and Paul, you're 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 active in the GI Joe collecting world. How speak a little bit to the GI Joe community, action figure toy community. How big is it? How robust is it? Like, how involved are you? Um, I I, I belong to several of the. Uh, Facebook groups out there for GI Joe. There are probably a good five to 10 uh, major groups on Facebook. Um, one of them has like 20,000 members. Another one has like 10,000 members. Um, it's a huge uh, group of, of uh, collectors and all throughout the world. It's not just in the United States. And they have Joe Khan was like, I think last a uh, couple weeks ago in Georgia, 
They get a ton of people down to Georgia. I mean, it's a huge market. Um, it's just getting bigger. You, it's it. The the toy goes from 1982 to like 1994, and so there's a wide range of collectors and that collect certain ages of the of the figures. Then also there are there are um, convention specials that have come out since '94. So that it's it hasn't died down. It's a, it's a collectible that's still you know sought after in in the 2000s. You know various figures from the 2000s and and on. So. I don't see it going away and it's only getting bigger. And I wonder, you know, you think about things like Star Wars where and, and superheroes where there's continually like Marvel, there's always new movies coming out. Is G.I. Joe kind of ripe for some sort of IP push with, with new entertainment uh, films and that kind the, of thing? The, the G.I. Joe uh, fan base is dying for a good movie rendition. The, 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 the fan base is huge and they're buying up all these vintage figures without having a good movie to push yeah. sales. So yeah. Interesting. Uh, so a vintage card collector responded. He said speculative because nobody knows how many are out there speaking about sealed iPhones. It's not even 20 years old. Yeah. I think those are great comments, vintage card collector. And I'm, I'm thinking to myself how to relate it to sports cards and, you know, in sports cards, unless it's serially numbered, nobody knows how many are out there and they're only uh, a week old or, or two months old a lot of the time. So, you know, it's interesting how how uh, we look at these different areas of collectibles. But I guess, you know, even something that's only 20 years old. I mean, what, if I compare that to sports cards and memorabilia where you do know how many there are because it's game used, but unnumbered sports cards that are that are one day old can sell for even before they're even released, can, there's bounties for $2 million on some of these things. So, um, but I, I, I point taken vintage, definitely point taken. He goes on to say, I would guess the collectors for Star Wars dwarfs any other line of toys, and it's not even close. Is that true, Paul, from your, uh, to what you know? What was the question about Star Wars? He says, I would guess the collectors for Star Wars dwarfs any other line of toys, and it's not even close, is the assumption. What are your that, thoughts? That is true, I believe. Yes. Yes, definitely. So I, I think that's true for maybe the total number of collectors, but there's a wide range in what they collect. And on the high end, I think Transformers is high. I mm -hmm. think the highest end Joes are kind of right there. I mean, Star Wars isn't really ahead of the others at the top top level interesting okay let's keep on going lot number nine platinum platinum lot number nine now we're to 86 thundercats i don't know how to, mumra's tomb afa 80 mark what can you tell us about this piece i i don't know too much about this i know it's a it's a holy grail piece in sealed condition for a thundercats collector this and cat's layer are the two to get Super, super rare. I, I would guess there's probably less than five total graded sealed, if I, if I had to guess. Um, you never see them, certainly never in this condition. Um, do you know much about this piece, Paul? No, I'm not really a Thundercat collector, but I, I do know that that's something I don't see off, often online available to bid on or anything. A lot of us collectors are, do cross over to, to various, you know, themes like Star Wars and Transformers. So, you know, there are some heavy duty Thundercat collectors out there and they'll be itching for this because this is something you don't see very often. Right. And this is a Jeremy, this is a fresh to market piece. It came from uh, the family um, of an, a former L 
LJN uh, employee. That's why it's in such great condition. And that's why we're even seeing it. I mean, these are like impossible items. That That's what's so great about this auction. You, you get to see this stuff. Yeah, it's amazing the stuff that, that, that you're bringing to uh, to Mark. And I don't know anything about this. I'm not, I don't really, uh, really even remember Thundercats that well. Like I do vaguely, but, uh, but what still, it's, it's certainly a neat piece to my eye. Justin Sports Card says Star Wars collectors are huge, massive custom group. My friend buys 15 to 20K life size Star Wars figures for his display room. Yeah, I mean, Star Wars collectors are are uh, very, very passionate and enthusiastic about their their chosen collectible. All right, let's go on to lot number 10. Next up, so this is a VHS. Now, graded VHS was something that seems to have come onto the scene in the last couple of years. And a lot of, a lot of Mark, you'll know this being, you're a card and a memorabilia guy too, but a lot of card collectors kind of snub their nose at, at graded VHS. Like what else do you want to, what else can you grade? personally i i don't hate it like i think it's neat i but i was also a vhs watcher i worked in a rental store for several years in the late 80s and they're they're cool display pieces like video games like boxed up nintendo and atari games among others this is the first print igs 8 slash 8 i don't know what that means raised logo waterfall watermarks uh opening bid 2500 mark what can you tell us about this piece so when this piece came out and the heritage was the first to really do um, kind of set the records for, for the VHS, this one, they had a, a high grade and it went for something like 22 or $24,000. It was one of their, their best pieces in that first auction. And it was one of their best pieces because the first print is very different from the, the subsequent prints. The first print has an embossed ghost logo. So if you were to run your hand over it, it would be embossed, whereas you can see it right there. Yeah. Um, the subsequent prints, it's a flat logo, no embossing. Um, so there's different subtleties um, in, the, in these collectibles. Another thing, if you look at the back, it's got the watermarks, the RCA watermarks are vertical side by side. You will only see that on a first print. Therefore, these, these unique um, characteristics make it desirable for collectors and creates the kind of the price, uh, the price differential between this and a second print and a third print and so on. Um, so we'll see. We're expecting between five and $10,000 for this. VHS has been sold across um, the board in the different, through the different auction houses, whether it be us, whether it be golden auctions, whether it be heritage auctions. Uh, they're everywhere. So they're, they're, they become mainstream. Um, and we'll see what happens. I mean, and one of the things I would, I would think like, like, and okay, if you, if you want to compare to sports cards, you know, Ghostbusters, a very important film in the history of cinematography, no doubt about it. Mickey Mantle, a very important athlete in the history of baseball. So I think you're going to see value there. And again, I'm totally, I don't know this market. So I'm kind of you, I'm doing what I do, Mark. I take my sports card experience and knowledge, and I try to find parallels in other collectible categories. So that's where my mind goes there. But then I think there's probably some movies that were really obscure. Maybe you only went to one print on VHS, and you only you're only gonna you know maybe the population is is very very low, like in like under fifty sort of thing. And then I think about well, what's a card that that would be like, and you would almost go with the Honus Wagner, but it's 
but he's not an obscure player in hockey 1923 Patterson set there there's a there's a card uh Bert Corbeau is his name he was a nobody player but he was a short print so the kids would have to open more and more chocolate bars to to get the Bert Corbeau to send in the set and get a chocolate and get a bicycle so you know is there does VHS work like that too where there's really obscure titles that sell for big money because they're so rare there, there is in, in the horror film genre, I believe, which has been very collectible for a very long time. Um, one thing to consider, when this VHS came out, it was between 70 and $80 at retail. In 1985, 70 to $80. Therefore, all of them were opened and watched. None were saved. That's why the first print is so rare. They became a lot cheaper as time went on but they only released that first print in 1985. So, you know, that's why this thing is so valuable and that's why there's so few of them. Hey, Paul, quick question for you. Are you, are you intrigued by the uh, VHS collecting category? Have you dipped your toes in it yet at all? I have been on some of them that have popped up here or there. It is very interesting. Something like Ghostbusters would be popular for somebody in pop culture or, you know, there are several movies that uh, I know if there's a graded G.I. Joe movie, G.I. Joe the movie would go for a lot of money if that ever came up for uh, same with Transformers, the movies, the original ones. Um, there's some diehards that would bid on that. For sure. I'm sure. All right. Lot number 11, 1986 Superpowers Cyborg, a 33 back AFA. Can I say triple 85 or is that not the lingo? Yeah. Triple 85 is the lingo. Good job. Hey. All right. So um, I'll, I'll open this one. I think Paul may know a little bit about it. Um, yeah. Brainiac is, or uh, cyborg was one of the uh, 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 later figures that was uh, short, short printed, I believe. And a lot of them have like a yellow bubble, like the star Wars. So to find a clear bubble, triple eighty five cyborg is uh you know probably a grail for the superpowers line yes um heritage just had an auction that ended a couple weeks ago uh or a week ago maybe they sold an 85 not afa graded cas graded 85 yellow bubble y designation 3500 so this is afa clear 85. So we'll see what happens. The prices for these things have kind of been all over the place. Um, so it'll be interesting to see where this one winds up. But the latest kind of comp was the 3,500 for the yellow bubble. I love this picture here, the sideways, where you can really see that the bubble that the figure is in is still clear and not yellowing. That's that's really a, a, a nice benefit. I got to say, superpowers, the packaging, like this this blue and the yellow and the red, like this is my favorite packaging card back artwork uh, of any figures, I think. I, I just love the, the looks of these. All right, well, no bid yet on this one. Starting bid $2,500, two weeks to get bids in before we get to extended bidding. Lot number 12, 1985 Mask, Rhino, AFA 75 plus, first release. Uh, Mark or, or, or Paul, who wants to start talking about this piece? Do you know about mask, Paul? Um, I don't know a lot about mask. I mean, I have some friends that are collectors. Um, if it's a first release vehicle, I, I would imagine that it would have a little bit of a more premium than ones that came out after that, because they did 
have first and second runs on their vehicles. Um, you don't see a lot of masks, though. The diehard collectors will be will be going for it. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's about all I know about masks. I mean, I enjoy looking at them, and I wish I had collected them as a kid, but um, there was only so much you, your, your toy money could go for. <laughs> so this, so the Rhino is about equivalent to, like, in, in the mask line, it's equivalent to Snake Eyes or it's equivalent to He-Man. Um, it's a main character. These, these are super hard to find factory sealed. Um, and look at, it's similar to Optimus Prime from Transformers. Uh, it's a big piece. This is a very big piece. It's great a 75 plus, but that's not bad for this piece. The color is great. It presents well. Um, this is one that gets mass collectors really, really excited to see a factory sealed Rhino. I mean, you don't see them. Like, like Paul said, you just don't see them. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see where this one ends up. Uh, you can see the tape sealed on both sides of this thing. Um, so it is the first release. It's called a, a short mask, I believe. The, the second release is called a long mask. And it has to do with um, the front. If you go to the front panel, Jeremy. This one here? Yes. Um, you'll see in the bottom right corner, comic book and poster included. The second release does not say comic book. I believe it just says poster. Um, so that's how you can differentiate uh, the first to the second. And also the, the figures that come with it. I believe the, the first uh, release figures are actually shorter than the second release figures. So that's something to keep in mind. All of these kind of details, they make a lot of difference in collectibles. I just love hearing, like, listen, I don't know Mask. I don't know this vehicle. I don't know Bruce Sato or Matt Tracker. <laughs> but I love learning about this stuff that, that when I was a kid, you know, I wasn't into Mask, but I had friends, I'm sure, that were. And it's just it's just fun to to learn about it. So very, very cool. And I noticed that, you know, the box has damage. And I like that your photographs make that very clear. I saw, like, look down there at the bottom right. You can see the Kenner, a bit of a squish there. But factory like i don't know how how many factory sealed units of this still exist so you're i don't think you know are you going to find one that don't have any are you going to ever find one that doesn't have any damage i mean maybe but this is uh this is just a, a neat neat item neat item that i don't know anything about but i'm happy to learn something so it's one that you buy now and if a better one ever comes up you can always upgrade to that it's one of those situations i mean these right. these just don't come around factory sealed so Justin Sports Cards, who made the comment about Star Wars collectors, now says, for sure, it's another world, just like modern cards versus vintage. Always fun. That's a great comment, Justin, because that's just it. Like, you got modern cards, vintage cards, memorabilia, toys, comic books, type one photos, type two photos. Like, there's so many different things to collect if you want to. Really, it depends where, you're, where you find nostalgia. And I, Paul, who's a Paul, Paul, I'm guessing when you were younger, when G.I. Joe came out, you were an enthusiastic watcher of G.I. Joe cartoons and, and, and collecting, right? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, every kid that, that loves G.I. Joe watched it when they came home from school in the 80s and, you know, can repeat those episodes by heart. And, and, and we're readers of the comic books and toys. And I, I actually have a large collection of original comic book artwork from uh, G.I. Joe, which actually, you know, 
pales my toys in, in comparison as far as uh, um, value. So right. um, it's just another collectible. But yeah. Um, Wait, you, can I ask yeah. Paul about about how old you are, just to get an idea for the? Sure. Yeah, I'll be forty-eight in like two weeks. Forty-eight in two weeks. So. Yeah. Yeah. So, what does that mean? You're born in seventy. Seventy-five. Seventy-five. Yeah. Ah, oh, makes sense. Makes sense. All right. Well, let's go on to lot number thirteen from nineteen eighty-four Transformers Optimus Prime. Uh, I know my four-year-old son has an Optimus Prime right now on on a, on a remote control. Definitely not from 1984. More likely from 2022. Nonetheless, this is the original 84 Optimus Prime. Uh, he was the most famous Transformer, was he not? I mean, that's the I remember Optimus Prime. I wasn't big into Transformers, but I always I had some as a kid, and I used to play with them. That's I think we all did. That's why these sealed ones are so valuable. But Tell us about this one, Mark. It's an AFA-80, a Pepsi variant. I see the, you can see the Pepsi logo right on there. How important is that? I mean, this is an iconic piece for, you know, of the 80s. This is one of the most iconic pieces. Um, didn't you used to own one, Paul? Um, well, I definitely had one as a kid. And uh, at one point, I did own an AFA-85 uh, uh, Transformers Optimus Prime. Um, but yeah, I, uh, I, I moved on from it <laughs> to fund other larger, more expensive, uh, collectibles. <laughs> so, uh, one recently sold and I think it set the public, uh, the public record at least for $34,000. Um, it sold at auction and the buyer was the same one that bought the $60,000 Megatron, <laughs> just a hardcore collector. This is the Pepsi variant. Um, it's an AFA 80. It has all 80 subs, I believe. Um, the Pepsi variant, uh, this was a, a, a mail-in promotion, Paul. Do you know what this was? Um, I, I it sounds familiar. Um, I think it was a, like a marketing thing that Pepsi had done where they, they gave you the Pepsi stickers that you could, inside that you could put on the truck. Um, I think that's... It, it's identical to the retail release. I it believe, is. It the is. The exception yeah. of the sticker, yeah. the Pepsi. Exactly. Sticker. It is. Yep. Um, and it's it's believed that there's there's few of them. Oftentimes, we find them in better condition um, than the retail because there's been, I think, some case finds. Um, but to have an example of a factory sealed Optimus Prime, uh, they've been going way up in value as of late. Yeah. Yeah, they're they're unobtainable. If you don't go with like the Pepsi variant, they're becoming unattainable for most collectors because you can't find them under ten thousand. So, the Pepsi variants are going to be popular, I think, with the collectors that want to get an Optimus Prime before you you can't afford one. Okay, cool. All right, what's what do we have right now? So it started at twenty five hundred, and the bid is up to three thousand twenty five. So three bids already. On this, not surprising to me that an Optimus Prime would have some action again from my limited uh, amount of knowledge on this on this uh, sort of thing. But very cool. Lot number fourteen, eighty-three Masters of the Universe Triclops with ring, CAS seventy-five plus rare clear bubble. The 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 clearness of the bubble. I learned this last time, Mark, when we did a show together in February for your last auction how important a clear bubble it's like like the condition of the cardboard backing the card is very important too 
and I'm not going to ask you this right now. What is more important, the condition of the car, of the back, the card back, or the color of the bubble? Uh, interested to hear what you say, Mark, and, and Paul, then, if you will corroborate what Mark says. So I think it depends on the toy line. For something like Masters of the Universe, like what we're looking at now, you see it has a larger action figure relative to the card, and so a very big bubble. Um, so to me, for Masters of the Universe, the, the bubble clarity is much more important, way rarer to find a clear bubble than to find a perfect card. Um, and that's for Masters of, the, Masters of the Universe. Something like Star Wars, um, I think a yellow bubble is acceptable. It's such a, it's a smaller bubble. It doesn't stand out like it does for this. Um, so I think it's different depending on the different toy lines. How about you, Paul? Do you, does that all kind of resonate with you? Yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, Star Wars has a smaller bubble. There are a lot more yellow bubbled figures. It's an older toy. So, uh, and the quality of the plastic on those does turn yellow. So when you do see a, a clear AFA 85 Skywalker, you know, it goes for a premium. Um, you see these a lot more with Masters of the Universe, a lot more yellow bubbles. Um, like the Cyborg, you see more of them that are yellow. So when you get a clear example, uh, I think that is probably the most important thing. That and the card, obviously, are the card's important, but I would take a clear bubble with an 80 card over a yellow bubbled 85 card. What What is the, like... If they're not yellow yet, can they still turn yellow? They can. I mean, it all depends on where you're storing these, um, you know, figures. If you're keeping them out of sunlight, um, it, it, certain certain figures, though, just whatever reason, the plastic does something to the, you know, the figure must react with the plastic and turn it, you know, the bubble yellow. And you know, you see that in certain figures more than any other figures. So. I listen. I'm no expert, but I, I in talking to uh, Jean McLeod from Arena Design on the yellowing of certain chromium cards, uh, she told me that it really depends on the mixture of the plastic in that particular batch, and if one of the chemicals that is that will cause the plastic to yellow was more prevalent in that batch, or even in that card itself, because these can they can just be different, I guess. Uh, she said that like if it's not yellow, if it hasn't yellowed yet, it probably won't or greening in sports cards. So I wonder, but uh, vintage card club to say, can you explain the risks of bubble of bubbles that are currently clear yellowing in the future? And it sounds to me like if you keep it out of sunlight, you're probably going to be really ahead of the game because I would think if it hasn't gone yellow yet and you store it the way it's been stored, you're probably safe, but I'm no expert. Any, any comments on that, Mark or Paul? I would agree with that. I, I think these things are so old that if you've got a figure that's been th it's 30 years old and it's not yellow, I can't see it yellowing in your lifetime. So, Yeah, that, that's where my mind goes to. Mark, anything to add? I mean, I've never had one yellow on me. Buy it clear and it turns yellow. Um, so I, I think it's all about storage. If it's, you know, stayed clear for, this is a 40-year-old figure. <laughs> so if it stayed clear for 40 years, um, yeah. unless you keep it in heat or sunlight or whatever, I would expect it to remain clear. And Jeremy, this is extremely rare, clear bubble. I mean, this figure to me, because I've seen a lot of Triclops examples, this figure glows. Everyone you see is yellow, very yellow. 
to, to see a clear one, Masters of the Universe collectors will know what I'm talking about. This piece is awesome. All right. Well, let's uh, let's go on to lot number 15 into Star Wars, something I know a little bit more about, although I'm not sure what this piece is. It's a 1981 Star Wars E, oh, Empire Strikes Back, Collect 41 Bell Display in an AFA 90. So, Mark, is this just a piece of cardboard? And I say that like as if I don't like it. Meanwhile, I collect a ton of cardboard. So, but what is this piece? It's a large display item that they would uh, display at stores. I believe there's a there's a hole at the top where they would hang them from the ceilings. Um, we sold one of these, I believe, in our, our first or second auction. It was a CAS 85, not AFA, CAS 85. It went for over $15,000. The store displays are, are highly sought after by Star Wars collectors, especially in good condition. This one's an AFA 90. I believe it's the, the highest grade there is. And this is a very popular display piece. Yeah, it's awesome. There's the hole you spoke of right there and on the top of the A. You can see it right beside the, the yeah, mouth. Yeah, I, I can't see anybody spending that much money on cardboard. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> I love this. I mean, look, there's... Okay, so hold on. There's my Luke Skywalker right there. Looks the yep. exact same, except my guy's missing the missing the, the, the lightsaber. And then let's let's just quickly find... There's, there's Chewbacca. I got my Chewbacca. If you guys are looking at me and at the main screen, there's Chewbacca. And now, Mark, we can finally see if I've got Princess Leia. I don't know if that's her or not. No, it looks a bit different, doesn't it? <laughs> looks a bit different. Okay. This it's is a, a I don't I think this is a cool, like a you know, frame this up and nice wall hanger piece. Listen, you already have two bids. It started at twenty five hundred dollars, it's already up to twenty seven fifty. So cool item, really cool item. And I can understand collecting cardboard. Jeremy, scroll down. So there's estimates on all of these. This one's uh, between fifteen and twenty-five thousand. The the full lot description will be posted shortly. Fifteen to twenty-five thousand is what we're expecting for this. This is actually already encased in acrylic, um, and it's an AFA ninety. Wow, what that's amazing! So this was hanging in a store somewhere, or or should have been at least. <laughs> yeah. Okay, really, really cool piece. Let's go on to platinum lot number 16. Now, this is this I love. I, this I love, Mark. Uh, 78, the original Star Wars vinyl Cape Jawa 12 back A, which has to do with some of the wording on the back. It'll be AFA 85, 85, nice. This is better. This is like a true gem plus. This is better than a triple 85 because you got the third grade being a 90. And it's got the the vinyl. Oh, it's the vinyl cape, which isn't the the cloth. The cloth is even uh, more desirable. Is that correct? Opposite. Opposite. Okay. Tell us about this. So this is one of the Holy Grail uh, Star Wars pieces. Um, the vinyl cape Jawa. If you if you were to go on Google and search most valuable Star Wars figures, this is going to be on every single list. Um, Jeremy just went over. There's another uh, release of this where uh, Jawa has a cloth cape. The vinyl cape is much rarer. Um, oftentimes the vinyl cape gets spotted. It turns brown, whatever. So the figure subgrade on this particular figure is, is of uh, a particular importance. 
This one's an, a 90 subgrade figure. So for a vinyl cape Jala, that's like a dream come true for a high-end collector. This one is unpunched, um, beautiful. These peaked like a year ago, Paul. Um, Hakes sold a 75, AFA 75 for $37,000 a yeah. year ago. And this one's unpunched. This like one's too. unpunched, AFA 85 with awesome subgrades. So the, the hang tab that they would hang it up on a rack is not punched out. And those are those those figures are more valuable because of that being unpunched. And as a crossover collector, this is something I would go after. Boba Fett, Vinyl Cape Jawa. Those are your two, two of your three, you know, Holy major crap. Star Wars collectibles. Who's that, the third? Oh boy. Um for Star Wars? Probably Luke, probably like the Luke Skywalker with the telescoping uh, lightsaber would yeah. be Yeah, third. this is this is seriously a cool piece. Uh <laughs> I just, I, I wish, I wish it was something that was in my, uh, in my budget to go after, but uh, very, very awesome piece. Vintage card collector said that Empire Strikes Back item is sweet. And that's because vintage card collector likes cardboard like I do, like we all do actually. All right. This is an awesome piece, Mark. Congratulations on having it in the auction. I think it's, I think it's fantastic. We already have seven bids, start at 2,500 up to 4,430. The estimate is 30 to 40,000 full description is in there so go to lcgauctions.com everybody who's if you're with us if you joined late lcgauctions.com register to bid you've got 2 weeks to bid this ends on the 16th of July we'll be back mark myself maybe we'll have another guest with us and we'll be covering the extended bidding period for when this is ending and if you're going to go over and register it'll ask you how you found out about it, please select Sports Cards Live or my name, Jeremy Lee, so that Mark knows that doing this show with me is worthwhile for him and for LCG. All right, should we go on to lot number 17 now, Mark? Lot number 17. So for me, Paul, the three kind of Star Wars figures that stand out in rarity are the Vinyl Cape Jawa, this one, which is the uh, Power of the Force Yak Face, um, is number two. Number three is the Power of the Force Anakin Skywalker, which we don't have. But to me, in a general sense, those are the three retail figures outside of the telescoping saber uh, 12 backs. These are the three that really stand out to me. Um, this one, uh, we have sold an AFA 85 before. I believe it was a triple 85. It went for $22,000. This one's an 85, 85, 90. Now for this one, Jeremy, there are no clear bubble yak face. They're all yellow. Every, nobody's gonna, uh, there, there may be one in the AFA registry. I'd like to see it. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know anybody that's seen it, but. So, oh, sorry, go ahead. But this one is, every single one of them is yellow. So it doesn't take it down in value any. The one that we sold previously was yellow. Everyone that's been sold, you know, on the high end has been yellow. So that one, this one's an exception. Um, all of these uh, Power of the Force line, they're, they're always yellow, especially the Anakin and the Yak Face. But this is a Holy Grail figure. It's going to almost certainly go between twenty dollars and $30,000 in this grade. Um, it's for hardcore collectors. It was released only in Canada, I think. Um, uh, it, 
it's got the 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 French, I believe, um, language on it. It's it was a very very limited release, and I, I believe that's why it's so valuable. Yeah, there's the French right there. So you made the comment that you know because it's yellow, uh, the bubble is yellow. It doesn't hurt the value because there's no clears. I would say if a clear were to show up, that would go for an astronomical amount. Relative, like like I don't know what the multiple would be, but a multiple of what these would go for. I don't know if it would change the value of the yellow bubble pieces, but I think it would put that one clear bubble piece in into the stratosphere. Paul, what do you think? Does that kind of make sense the way collecting action figures goes? Yeah, absolutely. Especially with, I have not seen a clear bubble yet, yet face either. Um, there aren't that many carded ones out there. I, I remember just finding a loose one at a local comic store was amazing back in the day. Like it was the holy the one loose yak face. You didn't see them, so wow. Yeah, the, not the, because they were they were distributed in Canada. They just weren't very many made because it was towards the end of the line, right, Mark? Uh, they they weren't making many figures of Star Wars like towards the end there. Right. It, it's it's very limited. The the most collectors just settle on a loose piece because if this card was completely destroyed, Jeremy. It would still go for thousands of dollars. Wow. I mean, this, the the vinyl cape Jawa that we showed before, the loose, no card. I, I believe an AFA 85 loose sells around 3500 to $4,000. So to find one on the card, I mean, you're just not going to see this stuff. Like this is the whole, <laughs> this is the whole idea of LCG auctions to, to find stuff like this, to, to look forward to sales that have this quality of material. So these are exciting pieces. Uh, the yak face is one of them and, and we'll see what happens on, on auction day. All right. Well, before we go to the last platinum lot, we just had a really good question come up here from vintage card collector. Again, it says, do you think ultra Items like vinyl Jawa are always purchased by diehard collectors or are investors, in quotes, entering the market for ultra high-end items. Um, so there was a bit of a run-up on Star Wars about a year ago, a little bit over a year ago, maybe a year and three months ago. Um, and I think it was because some investors um, were dabbling in it, which heated up the market. Um temporarily so if this came out in an afa 75 i wouldn't expect it to get thirty seven thousand dollars again that was kind of a one-off and that's because the speculators dove in i think they're pretty much out now because prices have have come back to normal um and this stuff is like a slow growth over i mean how long have star wars been collectible since the 90s i'm sure um, so this is kind of, except for when you see stuff that happened like last year, like I just explained, it, it's been organic growth, um, and it's been steady, uh, wh which is different than some of the other spaces that we've seen. How about you, Paul, any kind of comments from your perspective on what you're seeing in terms of more in, and when, when we say investors and vintage card collector puts it in quotes, I think what he means is people that really don't have the nostalgic attachment to these pieces, but are really just trying to find a way to make some money and don't love the pieces the way you, me and Mark would. Yeah. I would say we saw a lot of that in 2020 or 2021 and 2022 during like the COVID buildup. Uh, a lot of people wanted to do a lot of regular investors just 
put their money into the market or the toy collectible market. It's it definitely looked like it's come out that that money's not there. When Bitcoin took a little bit of a dive, we noticed it in the original art industry that the 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 prices came back down to earth. <laughs> they just seem to be like you know in another stratosphere when when you know during COVID, everybody was locked inside and you know spending money on collectibles and yeah. investors were getting in too. But yeah, I think they've gotten out of the market for the most part, and the prices you see now are are truly the collectors in there. So from your perspective, very similar to what we've experienced in the sports card world, although I think there's still some investors hanging on uh, in, in sports cards. All right, well, let's go to the final platinum lot, number 18. Definitely a Star Wars Canada release, 1978 R2-D2, 12 back. This is a triple 90. I don't know that I've ever seen a triple 90 before, Mark. Look at that. It looks It looks pristine to me. Uh, just so you can see, here's my, this is, I do believe this is an original Star Wars R2-D2 here. So I have one, but it's probably wouldn't grade too well. What is, I mean, Mark, I mean, listen, this seems like an, an amazing piece. And I know uh, that your, your, your Star Wars guy is an R2-D2 uh, super fan and collector. So tell us a little bit about uh, this piece. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to beat a triple 90, just extremely rare. They usually go for quite a bit of money um, when you get into the triple nineties for the, the 12 backs. Um, this is a 1978 release. Uh, the, it's the Canadian release. So maybe unlike sports cards and some other stuff, S Star Wars and like Masters of the Universe, the foreign releases are super collectible. Um, people are, you know, collectors are looking for something different a lot of times. And so they'll go for kind of the low pop um, foreign releases. Uh, this is the R2 from Canada. And Jeremy, I was thinking about like, you know, if you were to start a Star Wars carded collection, like where would Jeremy Lee start? Like, and th this one came to mind because Jeremy's from Canada. Um, this is a Canadian release he may remember. Uh, maybe it's out of his price range, which whatever. But is it appealing to you, Jeremy? Do you remember this piece? Well, I certainly, of course, I remember this piece, man. I mean, I had this piece as a kid. I mean, I'm I'm a bit older than our friend Paul down two men below me here, so I I had all these Star Wars figures. I ripped this guy into shreds to get at that little R2D2 in there. So, of course, I do now. You know. 50 plus year old Jeremy. Now, I don't know that the Canadian, that the fact that it's Canadian would appeal to me. I, I'm not, a, a, I don't speak French. I barely, I can read it like you can read it. Like any American can read it. Like, you know, I, I know what the letters sound like, but I don't, I'm not a, I'm not a French speaking Canadian. I, I, I know a few words. So for me, I would almost rather I would almost prefer an English only piece that just had maybe more stuff on the back, more things to look at. Uh, may, maybe that's where I would be at. But this, the fact that it has French and it's Canadian wouldn't dissuade me from wanting it. But again, Mark, I'm not like collecting carded Star Wars figures yet. I'm so tempted, but I, so if I were to start, I would start with R2-D2, Darth Vader, Luke Skywalker, Princess Leia, you know, and then I would work into those special, like the Boba Fett's and the Jawas, and I, like the Sand People were one of my favorites, like Obi-Wan Kenobi, Han Solo, like 
C3PO. Like, I love all the, oh my gosh. I'd want them all. <laughs> I'd want them all. I'd, I'd go, I'd, I'd, I'd spend all my money. Yeah, I was just curious if you remembered, like when you were a kid, if if it had Canadian writing on it, and maybe that would resonate with it you. It would have. It would have. Um, because if that was the case, and I were in your position, I would probably lean toward the Canadian uh, release, being from Canada and remembering that. Um, but I don't know. There's different entry points for all collectors, and I was thinking about that too because, you know, myself. I got into this stuff rather recently and I'm a sports card guy or, or I'm not really a sports card, sports memorabilia. I was a sports card guy initially and went to memorabilia afterwards. Um, but this stuff resonated with me when I discovered it. And it's like, where do you start? And the way I started was I started with the, the loose figures like Jeremy showed. And I quickly wanted a carded, a nice carded piece to go along with that. So, it, you know, the way I started, the way that I collect, I would want a nice Luke Skywalker carded figure to go with that. And, and the display is is awesome with the acrylic, which was something I wasn't familiar with either um, when I started. But once you get one of those in hand, Jeremy, and get them on your shelf, they, they look amazing as a display item. It's gonna be, it could be very, very dangerous, Mark, very dangerous. Because I uh, I tend to go a little crazy on things when I get into them. Sport, I got I started sports cards in the eighties, and I early eighties haven't haven't ever stopped. So uh, Mookie Chilson here says he's putting the nice soft sell on you for that R two Jeremy Jedi mind tricks. Yeah, well, thank you for pointing that out, Mookie. I got I got to watch out for Mark. He might try to try try to pull me in, which he doesn't need to. I'm I'm already I'm already here and into this. Vintage says, any truth to foreign Star Wars in English being more collectible? I'm looking at vintage Star Wars posters and have no interest in non-English versions I can't read. Thoughts on this, uh, Mark? And Paul, if you have anything to add, please unmute and I'll notice and we can uh, or come sure. on in on this. Yeah, I'll, I'll relate to it with G.I. Joe. Um, there aren't as many foreign figures made or at least available to the, to the U.S. market. I don't think they survived as well as they do in the U.S. Um, Figures from Europe, G.I. Joe figures from Europe, Argentina, Brazil, will, the United Kingdom will fetch a premium over the original U.S. figures. There's just not that many of them, and there's a much the, – the demand is higher than the available figures out there. Um, so that's how it relates with the G.I. Joe market. So population and just pure scarcity, even though you can't read them, it's like the Japanese Charizard, for example – which I know a lot of American, Canadian, English-speaking collectors would be chasing that because it's such a rare Pokemon collectible. Mark, what are your thoughts? And I think the sheer number of foreign Star Wars collectors that are from outside of the U.S., there's so many of them um, that these pieces resonate with them. Um, I know that's the case with Masters of the Universe, where the European releases... And, you know, the South American releases always go for a premium. They're super popular um, and highly collectible and very, very hard to find in good condition. All right. Well, good stuff. Thanks for the question, Vintage. And thanks for all your questions tonight, Vintage Card Collector and Every Night. Um, okay, so that's it for the uh, Platinum Lot. So let's go... See how I can go back to the main page here, Mark. The main just go to auction at the top. Yeah. 
and view current auction. All right, let's go here and let's just kind of do a scroll now to see. So we've covered in detail all the, what, where you see this green banner here, these are the featured lots. There were 18 of them. Then we can just cut a couple more mask pieces here. Three more there. We got some W, some L, LJN, WWF pieces, Macho Man, Superfly Snuka, Vince McMahon, Hercules, Masters of the Universe, a few pieces there, the Castle Skull, some uh, production cell from She-Ra. I remember She-Ra. Here's the Wonder Bread, Masters of the Universe, He-Man, opening bid 1750. Some original Masters of the Universe, He-Man, Beast Man, several Masters of the Universe pieces. Look at all so, that. Oh, so, Jeremy, this is this is a world-class Masters of the Universe offering. Uh, even though Paul isn't a Masters of the Universe collector, I think he can tell you that to find clear bubble Masters of the Universe in this condition, go on eBay and look. You're not going to see them. Yeah, this these are like if you're getting if even if you're dabbling getting into the market of. Uh, Master of the Universe figures, there's a huge variety here to, to choose from. And I don't own one, but I may start bidding on a few of these. So, <laughs> so the, these are always yellow, Jeremy, always. Um, and because these are clear bubble high grade, they're, they're going to fetch a big premium uh, over what you typically see. And there's, there's very few um, of this quality. Well, and it looks like most of them already have an opening bid. I mean, this one doesn't here, the blast attack. These three don't, but up here, only one of four. Oh, no, sorry. Two of four don't have bids yet. 50% there. Only one doesn't here, but these all have opening bids in this row. These have, and these two here have bids already. So uh, the professor has joined us and says, looking forward to this pop culture auction journey. Yes, professor, this is a... Uh, one of my one of, one of my other interests and uh welcome to the journey with me all right continuing on now now we're getting to paul's wheelhouse some gi joe pieces we've got several here paul as i'm scrolling through because we, we're going to wrap up pretty soon here we're an hour 15 minutes in but if there's anything that you want to highlight anything in this row paul that you'd like to highlight well, yeah, I mean, you don't see too many of those uh, Mobats with uh, 82 Steeler. It's the first release of it. Um, normally, it's like the 83 model. Um, so that's that's a hard-to-find uh, vehicle. The next one's an 85 uh, Crimson Guard Commander. It's high-grade. Um, I only own an 80 of that, so I'm, I'll be, I, I think I've already bid on that one. Um, some Pentor in 85, that's a great grade. And then... The hiss in 80, you don't see too many hisses at all. So um, 80 is, is a very good grade for that. And they all have bids already. The next row, we've got a few, anything, any of these four. I mean, looks like we have two of the same unit here. Action Force Polar Battle. UK. So I'm sure there's a difference here. But uh, what, what, which one of these ones stand out to you, Paul? Well, the Action Force is a UK-only uh, version of the the, the the battle bear so that's going to be hi highly sought after um the polar battle bear with no barcode variant is going to be uh you know a lot of people battling for that the claws in 85 and the snake in an 80 so all these are all high grade like hard to find jeremy really i think this cool. is this is the best collection of gi joe vehicles ever offered in one sale have you, have you ever seen better paul no, no, this, like I said earlier, this is it. This is, 
this has the most I've seen in an auction ever anywhere. I love this row. I don't know what these vehicles are. These look like a couple of Jeeps. This looks like, I don't know what this thing is. But, oh, the water moccasin. Wow, like these are beautiful pieces. They all have bids to 3368 already on the water moccasin, Paul. What makes this one so hotly contested already? Because most of the kids out there ripped this box open, so there aren't that many sealed, uh, you know, available. I mean, everybody played with these vehicles. Um, I have like a, a a mint in box sealed contents, but not not sealed and not graded. I mean, you just there aren't that many of these out there, and there's a lot more collectors looking for them than are, are pieces available. And these are high grade. I mean, these are anything eighty or higher in GI Joe is is highly sought after well, in vehicles. Yeah. That's a definition of scarcity when there's way more people looking for them than there are pieces available. Uh, this next row here, we've got the Cobra Night Landing, the Hydro Sled, the Tank, and the Stinger. So what the highest bid right now is on this Stinger here, Paul. What are your uh, what are your thoughts on this grouping? Yeah, this that Stinger um, is also it's a it's a triple win variant. So there weren't that was like towards the end of the run. There aren't that many made of that to begin with, let alone graded. So there's going to be a lot of collectors looking for that one. Um, a 90 in, a, in the night landing, that's just ultra high grade. You don't see that anywhere. And 85 on that. The Mauler is is a highly sought after figure. There's a little microphone in his bag that goes for $400 by itself. So wow. uh, this one's sealed and, and AFA graded. So you know you're getting that microphone in there. Oh, that's that's the nuance, right? That's the nuance mm -hmm. right there. All right, more GI Joe. So now we're moving from. We got a couple more vehicles. We got a couple of figures here. Uh, no bids on on the major blood yet, but uh, up to five hundred and fifty dollars already on the Cobra Soldier. And is that? Yeah, I just uh, haven't put bids in yet on that. So. Yeah, <laughs> right, but you will be. All right. Good. Oh yeah. Good that stuff. that major blood is is immaculate. Paul will tell you um, to find one with with tight legs, tight waist. Um, that card front and back. I mean, that's a beautiful piece, and I think that's mm -hmm. that one's going to do well because collectors with an eye for quality are going to spot that one. Very nice. All right, more figures here. The highest bid is six sixty six on the Storm Shadow. Paul, thoughts on Storm Shadow? This looks like a cool piece to me. We have a Storm Shadow here as well. Thirty-four. Yeah, Storm, well, Storm, Storm Shadow and Snake Eyes are the uh, the the two main uh, you know guns in the in the collection. That's those are your your most collectible okay. figures, most sought after figures, and uh, can't seem to get enough of them. You know, they, they come in the auctions and they go. They're they're just just more collectors than than figures available. So these should do and, really well, especially yeah, they should both. All the Snake Eyes and Storm Shadows in this auction should do really well. One one thing to keep in mind real quick, Jeremy, is the, the Storm Shadow. These particular releases, the, the figure, they almost always turn yellow. Um, you see how these are both white. Usually, you know, the chest panel, the legs, they turn yellow. Go on eBay and look for yourself. For this particular release, this is the Peachback release which is different from the gray card release, which was later. The gray card are generally white, um, but the peach are, are very difficult to find um, where the figure remains white. So these are gonna be highly sought after. Incredibly, we have two that are both two. white. Yeah. 
Very cool. Justin Bode has entered the room. Good to see you again, Justin. Says these GI Joes are taking me back to the day. That is a, a nostalgic type comment right there. All right, here's we got some snake eyes. We got uh, we got Ripper. We got Outback. We got Python Patrol. And we're gonna we're gonna kind of go through some of these now, fellas. Uh, here we have more GI Joe. This looks like a more re this is 1989, 91, 80. So we we're I just want to see where we go from year. So it, it basically it's 85. Oh, we have 83s, 82. 85s, 87s, yeah. 84s, and then we're gonna jump to 89, 92. Oh, they came out all every year, 91, 92, 93. I think they were most popular, though, from 82 to about 86, 87, right, Paul? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's pretty much when I collected them. Yeah. Right. The yeah. majority of the collectors were 82 to 87. But there's a whole different range of collectors, you know, that did the later stuff. So, But they also are looking for the, the older uh, figures. And, and we all have right. something in this auction for everybody. We have the $50 yeah, right. G.I. Joe oh, figures as sure. well. And okay, so we got several Star Wars pieces. This is where this is where I remember last time we did this together, Mark, for your February auction. I spent a lot of time looking at these these Star Wars pieces from the '78, uh, the '78 release. Look like this. I don't even care about the grade. I care about the color of the bubble. I shouldn't say that. I do care about the grade, but I really the bubble color to me I think is more important than the card. And I just want that figure. Like, I would love, I think I said this last time, I would love to buy all of these. Look at this collection. All 78s. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So, and so lucky for you, Jeremy, and the, the 12 backs, they're almost always going to be clear. For whatever reason, the plastic that these are made with um, held up. And so with the 78 12 backs, uh, they're they're generally clear, so yellow is not a real problem for these. Um, so for these, um, you know, the the overall grade kind of matters in terms of price. And it's you know, we have a lot of triple eighty fives, which are very very tough for the twelve backs. Uh, wow. So these are going to be highly sought after. Um, they're they're they usually go pretty high with the subgrades of eighty five and higher. Uh, I don't know if you were following the the sports card auction. Jeremy Memory Lane had a bunch of them, um, and they went they went they did really really well. Yeah, if I had an extra hundred k lying around, I'd be buying all these pieces up for sure. Because right now the prices are deceiving, like a thousand seventy four on those two seven thirty three. I know from uh, seeing the, the last auction that these are in their infancy right now. They're gonna they're gonna go up nicely. I, the sand people was one of my favorite figures back in the day. All right. Then we're getting, we have what this is uh VH star Wars, VHS empire strikes back return of the Jedi, the, the original trilogy, some hammerhead snaggletooth. Now we're getting into the 1979 Greedo 1980 empire strikes back comes out droids power of the force transformers. There is something here for everybody. Sports card dad just joins. Good to see you, Dustin. Thank you for joining. And uh, Dustin loves this kind of stuff too. So, um, but man, like you said, Mark, there's really something for everybody in your LCG auctions. Nintendo Power Magazine there, Final Fantasy. 
Rambo 3, Empire, uh, Indiana Jones, Temple of Doom, VHS, Home Alone, Top Gun, like all important movies. If you're into the VHS collecting, E.T., maybe, well, I mean, one of the mo- one of the biggest movies of all time. Yeah, I think the VHS, uh, like you said earlier, they make for, for nice display items. I think all of these are going to be pretty affordable, except for the Ghostbusters, which is a platinum lot. But all the ones that you just ran through, there's some iconic movies in there, Home Alone and Superman, um, the three, right. the Star Wars trilogy from the the, the 19, mid-1980s oh box. I mean, but Mark, I mean, Airplane. You know how many times I watched that movie as a kid? That was like Airplane, Stripes, and I mean, those were earlier. But Beverly Hills Cop, one of my all-time favorite movies. I love that movie so much. So really cool i i you know we were scrolling through and then we get to the star wars stuff at the end right before the transformers oh my gosh my justin Bode says dustin loves this stuff card guy 72 has entered the room welcome to the show guys we're just wrapping up we've been talking about this pop culture stuff now for all just shy of an hour and a half and uh this is the preview night everybody the lo- the auction went live today it ends on july the 16th Mark and myself and perhaps a guest will be going live to cover extended bidding, watching these things ending in real time. So while, while right now Boba Fett's sitting at $100, I don't think it'll be at $100 anymore. But get your bids in early. This is one of these auctions where you have to get your bid in before extended bidding kicks in in order to qualify to bid in extended bidding. So the strategy that I outlined at the beginning that Mark agreed with was get your bids in on everything now that you might be interested in buying on Sunday, July the 16th, because if you haven't got a bid in, you can't, you're disqualified. So get the bids in now and, uh, and then you can decide on the 16th which ones you really want to go after. Um, any, any sort of, Mark, you ready to wrap up? Any final comments from you? And then we'll get some from Paul as well. So, so quick thing, you, you need a bid on each and every item that you plan to bid on again. One item doesn't qualify. One bid on one item doesn't qualify you to bid on 20 items and extend it. You need to bid on each and every item, uh, unique item, uh, if you're going to bid again. So I just want to reiterate that. Um, I, I just want to say thank you for ev- to everybody that's that's helped contribute to the auction, follows along, looks forward to it. It's it's really um, you know a privilege to be part of this and to 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 help create something that that collectors look forward to. I'm a collector myself. I follow all this stuff. I follow Jeremy. I'm a big fan of his. Um, and Paul is like a mentor to me and has taught me a lot since, since I, um, you know, got into this stuff. And I'm, I'm grateful for him and for all the content creators out there that I learned from. Um, and, and I just want to say that. Awesome. Justin Bode makes a comment. That's good. From what I remember, get these bids in. Yeah. And if you're going to register for LCG for the first time, when they ask you how you found out about it, please select uh, Sports Cards Live, Jeremy Lee. I'd greatly appreciate that. Uh, Paul, I just want to say it's been really nice to meet you. You're 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 definitely enthusiastic, knowledgeable, <laughs> and uh, uh, just want to say, hey, thanks for coming on the show. It's a pleasure to have you on Sports Cards Live channel for the very first time uh hopefully we'll see you again but thanks for your contribution tonight thanks for having me it was it was a lot of fun i love talking about collectibles these transformers that are up here are are great too there's so many high grade stuff and i know that market's going to be 
you know, digging their chops to go after those transformers. But uh, LCG auction is uh, where you know I've sent stuff in to, to sell, and I'm a bidder. I've won some very nice pieces in my collection, and um, you know, Mark's done a great thing here with uh, what he's done with getting all these uh, other collectors involved and and helping launch this. So, yeah, good job, Mark. Yeah, it's 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 nice to have a focused auction on a very specific uh, category. I think you know, and. Uh... So yeah, kudos to you, Mark, on on Bill and keeping up with it, and you know, being persistent and and putting out the effort to uh, to find these items. Like these, you're talking about these world the world class collection of Masters of the Universe, and I mean, this stuff doesn't come along very often. That's why LCG doesn't run a hun- you know an auction every week. Uh, how many auctions do you run a year, Mark? Uh, we've been doing two per year. This year we're shooting for three. I think the the space has grown a little bit and we can handle three. Um, but there's such a limited amount of this stuff out there that that it's it's pretty difficult to source uh, this stuff. But what we're seeing um, is a lot of collectors, including Paul, they'll send stuff in and they'll refine their collection. So Paul will send stuff in, he'll sell stuff, and then he'll replace it with with new stuff to buy. And I do that as a collector. I'm sure you do that, Jeremy. But that's what a lot of our bidders do. A lot of these items that you see are items that they have sent in in order to fund, you know, new purchases. So it's all it's our our audience is almost the collector base is strong. It's almost all collectors. Um, and and you know, it's 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 great to put one of these on. Right on. As as Paul Macheri says, just great memories. And that's uh, that's a great way to end the show. I love that comment, Paul. Thanks for putting a comment in there. Uh, okay, well, we're going to wrap up. So thank you again, Paul on the screen, Paul in the chat, everybody else in the chat. Mark, thank you. Good luck with this auction. Everybody who's in the chat, if you're going to bid, good luck to you. And be sure to let us know uh, or me know let, let LCG Auctions on Instagram know. If you're not following them, by the way, it's on the ticker right now on on social media at LCG Auctions. And uh, with that, we're going to end this. So thank you, everybody, again. And uh, thank you, Justin. I see that down there. This episode is now over. <laughs>